Welcome to Remotely Creative, I'm Rob Flattery. Today I'm talking with Dominic Smith about his career behind the scenes as a camera operator, editor, director, and producer in the film industry. Dominic, thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate you for having me. Yeah, Dom, you're, you're a former student of mine. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way. <laughs> it was many, many years ago in a different state. But uh, it's weird, man. You exist outside of the school. I know. I know. The <laughs> last time I saw you, we randomly saw each other in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we went out to the buffet. Yeah. That was the, the Wicked Spoon Buffet, which is the best yeah. buffet in Las Vegas, if anybody is interested. What were you doing there? Tell us what you were doing there. Oh, so uh, my ex-wife was, she had taken me on a trip for my birthday uh, to Vegas because I had never been. And so we were just doing everything in Vegas. Uh, actually, when you and I had met up, we had just done the, what's what's the thing they suck you into doing and you get all of this stuff out of it. If Oh, the timeshare. Um, timeshare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we did a timeshare. And like willingly, I was like looking for a timeshare. <laughs> And this dude offered so much stuff. Like, I was like, there's no way I could say no. And I remember going into it and I look at her and I was like, Alverna, no. Like, I need you to understand <laughs> this. It is a no, no matter what. And the woman gave us like a soft story and everything. And I could see it in her eyes four hours later, <laughs> getting ready to say yeah. <laughs> Just sign on that, sign away. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And then like after that, you, uh, you and I had met up and we did the buffet. The buffet. I'm now. I'm hungry. Did you <laughs> did you go back to Vegas to sell a motorcycle? Oh shoot! Yeah, I did. I went back a few months later. I had won the bike from uh, um, I can't even remember the actor's name now. Uh, who plays Daryl? And The Walking Darryl Dead. Dixon. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but we had won his motorcycle um, after doing a BMW commercial, and yeah, we took it out to Vegas to sell it, and it was just like. It was one of those trips from like the movies, man. Like everything about it. Like I could write a movie about it. And you sold the bike, right? Yeah, we sold it. And it, that was the worst part of it. We got boned. Oh, really? Like so hard. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. We got like seven grand. What? Yeah, that was it. But it was because there was so much about the auction that I didn't know about. And so like when you bring it out there, if you don't pay any like extra money, they only put like a tiny little card on it. And when I got there, I saw people had posters, like all of this big stuff. Like, so you knew what car you were buying. But for ours, it was just like a little tiny card. Oh, what? That's Yeah, stupid. so even though the guy announced it when it came on stage, it was still one of those things where if people had saw it earlier, they would have been prepared to like buy this bike. So some people weren't even like there for that part of the auction. Okay. Well, I guess at least you sold it. I don't know. I don't no, know. no, no, no. Well, the, the, it was probably one of the funnest trips I've ever experienced in my life. Oh, good. So that's what I mean when I say like, it's like, it's a trip I would make a movie about. Like we drove the bike all the way there, 36 hours, like straight. Like we didn't like stop to like take a nap or anything. Um, and there was so much stuff that was going wrong. Like the titles weren't wrong, weren't right when we got it there. We had to register it for like Vegas plates. It was a whole, like I'm running around to DMVs. Um, the auction like placed through like this huge party on like the roof of some club. And we got to go to that and we got like plastered with like all of these like millionaires. Like it was just, it was a trip to remember. <laughs> All right. Well, the the trip the trip outweighs the cash. Then absolutely, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, I remember you you won this bike, and I was like, "What?" I, and I've never seen The Walking Dead. I also be honest that I'm like, I, "That's cool." You got, want a motorcycle? What are you gonna do with a motorcycle? And you're like, "I'm gonna sell it." And I'm like, "All right, I guess that makes sense." Um. All right. That's funny. Uh, Honestly, I wish I kept it though. Do you ride motorcycles? I don't. I got my little brother, my youngest brother does. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, today I probably could get more from it. Just like selling it on eBay or something like oh, that. Yeah. As opposed to, yeah. So well, live and learn. I guess you yeah. just got to win another motorcycle. 
I'm working on it. If you get a if you get a um, Batmobile, any retro or new, you just call me. I'll I'll take it off your hands. <laughs> Promise. I got you. Yeah, we'll do a payment plan or something. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get that. We'll get that taken care of. <laughs> um so tell um our listeners about your career pre-pandemic. Oh, okay. Um so I've been a filmmaker for about 10 years. Uh went to the Art Institute of Tampa, graduated from there in 2014 kind of just like hit the ground running. Um, my biggest interest was always uh, uh, editing, video editing. Um, I know some people don't have the patience for it. I'm the dude who, like, I sat down in front of a computer for 23 hours and like was editing a movie and enjoyed like every second of it. Um, so that like kind of turned into my main focus after I graduated and I've just been doing everything. I've had a few feature films that I cut that were like in the theaters. Um, I've edited a bunch of um, like national commercials, like NFL, um, majority of the, uh, of the NFL football teams. Um, uh, Papa John's, when they had that whole like scandal thing, they brought me in <laughs> to like edit that. Um, which was interesting and did save a lot. I actually just did an Amazon bit. Like if <laughs> it's actually on Amazon right now, I was like on Amazon and like the commercial is like the first thing oh, nice. um, on the home screen. And I was like, it's so wild to me. Cause I'm like, I Always cut that on, on my Amazon? laptop. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was just like, it, like I edited that on my laptop, like in an airport. Oh, nice. And, and it's like, the spot for amazon prime right now so it was pretty cool nice yeah so you're always you know when i had you as a student you were an excellent editor but you're also just an just an amazing cinematographer too like i don't know don't <laughs> cut yourself short you have you can pull vision out of just about anything um <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, I remember we used to have the 24-hour challenges at the school where you had 24 hours to make, a, you know, a short yeah. film. And just seeing some of the stuff that you made, what, I'm trying to remember, was it Zorro? Like yeah, this, yeah, we did Zorro. Yeah. I just... Yeah, and, that was fun. <laughs> like, you shot some stuff in a parking garage that would make Michael Bay jealous. So, you know, I just remember <laughs> that being something so you're a gifted editor but you you really know how to look behind a lens so you know i hats off to you thank you I, yeah i really appreciate it yeah that's like moving forward like my focus is really like jumping back into directing um i was uh like i've I never stopped directing but i realized maybe like a week or two ago that I've never really been pushing myself to be hired as a director. It's always just been like me doing it on like personal projects and like every once in a while I might like get hired to direct like a promo spot or something, but like, that's it. And this past year I'd actually been doing a lot of work uh, with uh, Justin Padilla um, out in philly and i get like that's where i ended up editing all of the national spots but sometimes they outsource directing gigs okay um and he's like bro you just got to get your reel together man like get your directing reel together and like like i could probably land you something um so i started writing these spec commercials and that's my focus right now is uh uh put just putting together these spec commercials just to prove that i can do it yeah well you, I, yeah. Kn I know you can speaking of spec Nightmare on M Street. Tell me about that. Oh man! So I did a, um, I did a fan, a collection of fan trailers, um, and it was called uh, Return to Elm Street. Um, and it was just, it was this thing that I really wanted to do. I remember we would have these local um, fan film competitions, and I remember I was helping a buddy with a Star Wars thing. And I was like, man, what is my Star Wars? Because I'm not really like, like, I wasn't really into Star Wars like everybody else was, like, as it being my favorite film. And the more I thought about it, I realized it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and I was like, man, it would be dope to do a trailer. And it started as this little thing where we were going to shoot on this uh, old World War II ship. And it was just going to be one shot of, like, the silhouette of them. 
and it was just going to go for like 20 or 30 seconds. And then like the more I started thinking about it, the more shots I wanted to implement into it. And it just be snowballed into this big thing to the point where I ended up writing a treatment for a feature film. If like, if, if, if it were to be rebooted. Um, and then we ended up just piggybacking scenes that we wanted to pull from the treatment and then wrote those into full scenes and filmed all of them in like eight days. Um, and it was just, it was chaotic, man. It was like, that was one of the funnest like film experiences I've ever had. And then you post it online and then people think it's real, which is <laughs> a testament to how good it is. But, and, th and then, you know, internet trolls come out in the world. Man, how, bro. how many views? <laughs> So the problem is I can't tell you how many views and you probably can't either because it's posted like 40 different places. Yeah, it's probably collectively it's maybe like 40 or 50 million. Yeah, and yeah. and I would say 25 million of those think it is waiting for it to come out. They're like, oh, the yeah. pandemic's just <laughs> delaying it. That's, it's been I, a couple <laughs> years, right? Yeah, it's been two years now. And I still get messages from people on the fan page like asking like, hey, so... Where can I buy this? <laughs> so you, yeah, speaking of the internet trolls, I mean, there's a ton of and, them, but what, what, what is the biggest negative response that you got from that? Bro, it was, it like, okay, so with Nightmare being one of the best things I've ever experienced as far as filmmaking goes, it was the the backlash was like the worst thing I ever experienced. Like it's one thing to like have like 10 or 15 people say something negative about you online, but to have like hundreds of thousands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, in comparison to like 30 million, like it's, <clears throat> it's not that bad. I would say maybe 10% of the comments were negative, but you know, when, 10% is like possibly a hundred thousand comments. Like it's a lot. <laughs> and, um, and they were, there were some pretty nasty comments there. Some of the nastiest like ever, like it, like I just couldn't believe like people would say stuff like this. Um, I remember people were, cause the thing was, I was getting it from both sides. Like I was getting people saying like, Oh, like, like I'm so tired of this, like social justice warrior, like BS, like, why do they like why does a couple have to be interracial of course like the wife is like white and i'm just like are you like serious right now like it was i will say it was funny because some people got creative with like the racism i i remember i was like really what what can somebody i send this to your mom like somebody said let me guess uh freddy krueger is medea <laughs> Oh my God! I would like just... to see Tyler Perry play Medea <laughs> or play Freddy Krueger. I I watch him in anything. He's the best part about the Star Trek reboot, the first one. So. But yeah, it was wild, and um, I would say the biggest mistake that I made was uh, having the YouTube comment like notifications come to my phone because mm. I would wake up to like negative comments, like literally the first thing I see when I wake up in the morning. Um, and it started messing with me and like, man, I started getting depressed and I'm like questioning myself, like, am I really a good filmmaker? Um, like, are all these people right? Like, are they saying the stuff that my friends won't tell me? And bro, I was like questioning everything for like a week. And then I finally just kind of hit a point where I was like, you know what? I had fun making this like, and that's it. Like I had so much fun making it and that's all that matters to me. And I'm impressed by it because it's better than the last thing that I did. So yeah no i i think it's great i want it to be an actual film i'd probably sit through the whole thing if i'm not a huge what, what was the last new nightmare or when they rebooted it that was kind of garbage yeah uh, 2010 yeah 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 so uh, have you got a call from new line yet no nah, man i didn't get a call from anybody um and it's crazy because there's like this subculture of nightmare fans and i became like the messiah to them. <laughs> i'm not even joking because like a lot of them had done nightmare on elm street like fan films and one of the biggest ones at the time like it was this girl i can't remember her name um 
but she had done Nightmare on Elm Street fan film and it got like 50,000 views. And it was, they was at that time, it was like the biggest thing. Um, so when I did mine and like it was doing millions like in a day, they were all like hitting me up and like giving me advice and like what to do. And I remember when I started releasing the t-shirts, um, one of the one had, who had done that film had reached out to me and she was like, yeah, I think you should pull this down. And I was like, why? I was like, I'm not really making any money from it. She's like, yeah, but out of all of the people who have done this, like you are the closest to actually making something happen. And we don't want to see it get ruined over like some t-shirts, like over trademark issues or whatever. Oh, okay. So they were like, yeah, they were like, just pull it down and like, don't do it. And just like, wait and like, see if somebody reaches out to you because she had their lawyers reach out to her when she made her film because they were planning to reboot Nightmare in like 2015 or something. And because of her film, they chose to push it. Uh, Cause hers at the time was like getting a decent amount of buzz and it was kind of just messing up what they were trying to do. So the lawyers reached out to her and made her like pull it down. Wow. I'm surprised they didn't reach out to you. I know, man. Like one way or the other, like tell you to take it down or tell you yeah. let's have a meeting. No, and that's what I said. I was like, I'm just waiting on a uh, um, a cease and desist letter. <laughs> like, yeah. that's all I wanted out of this. Just tell me that you see me. <laughs> I know. I got the T-shirt upstairs, by the way. I still have it. So I, I appreciate it. I, I, I wear it proudly. <laughs> um, so you worked on Tiger King, right? I did. And did you expect that to be popular when you were working on it? No, I didn't even know what it was um because they so we i was a part of the team that shut the shot the carol baskin segments or whatever because she's in florida um and they were very secretive (laughs) um i remember they they kept me in like a decoy hotel like they like i wasn't like in the hotel that the crew was staying in um because they didn't want carol baskin's team to like come and like see the drives and like want to see footage and like all of that stuff because i think at that point the show was taking a turn like against carol baskin oh yeah (laughs) yeah so and i think she may have been starting to like realize what was happening so yeah they kept me in a decoy hotel room the name of the show was called uh big cat rescue at the time um and yeah, we just weren't allowed to talk about anything. I wasn't like, I didn't know anything. And what was funny was the show, two weeks before the show release, the, um, one of the producers reached out to me and she just like, it was weird because she sent me a deal memo and I'm like, I already got paid. <laughs> but okay, this is weird. So I signed that and she's like, we just need the correct spelling of your name for the credit. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and then like that was it so like fast forward two weeks later and i'm starting to see all these memes and i'm like man why do these people look familiar (laughs) and then i see like number one on netflix and then somebody was like yo i just saw your credits in uh tiger king and i'm like what like that's the show (laughs) nice yeah so all right you can you can tell me you have to edit this out but did carol baskin kill her husband I don't know, but okay, you have to edit this out too. I'm actually. All right, Tiger King. What you worked on? You worked on some dolphin stuff. What else have you worked on that people have seen? <laughs> what was it? Dolphin um, tail? Dolphin? No, no, it was uh, called Bernie the Dolphin. Bernie uh, the Dolphin. Yeah, so I was the lead editor on that a couple years ago um, and ended up getting a theater release. Uh, it was cool. It was a kid's film. It was. Um, it was cool for me just because it was the first thing I worked on that like I could actually show my daughter. Yeah, totally. I better say you're not going to show them all the the murder and horror uh, stuff, right? Well, it there's no avoiding the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff um because their kid their friends at school started seeing it and they were like my daddy did that. My daddy like made that. <laughs> How old are they? They're not old enough to be watching that. They're 8. Um yeah. Yeah, at the time, they six, were seven, seven. Yeah, yeah, no. No, yeah. They were they were seven. Yeah, and they were just telling me how kids were always like talking about like the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. They're yeah. like, my daddy made that. 
they, they should not be watching that. But I guess that's that's your 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 parental parental guidance. That's what that's called. So. No, what's funny is I kind of, I mean, you know, all parents have their ways. Um, when I was young, my mom kind of like she let me watch whatever I wanted to watch, um, but it wasn't like a like a neglect thing it was just because we talked about it when i got older and she was just like you were always mature for your age so i wasn't like concerned um and funny enough whenever we would go because we'd go to rent movies every tuesday and friday um blockbuster or hollywood uh we went to a place called family video oh i know like, family video yeah. yeah yeah there's like one that still exists like back back in my hometown and it brings me so much like happiness that it's still like thriving um but yeah we'd always rent movies and for me as a kid i would always rent the movie with the most interesting cover mm -hmm. and the most interesting covers were always horror like they were always the ones that like the most eye-popping um so then that's what i grew up on but i grew up on like bad horror like horror b movies like that's what i grew up on leprechaun they always Oh yeah, leprechaun all the leprechauns leprechauns in the hood leprechaun like in the hood yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, I watched all of that, man. Um, that's where my love is, which is weird. Like, it's such a... When people see my taste in movies in comparison to the movies that I like to make, they're totally different. Like, I don't make, like, horror B movies. Like, it's not the thing I'm into. Um, but I love to watch them. Like, I watch them all day long. And, like, they can't do any bad for me. No, I mean, I, I think... <clears throat> that genre exists and you know i'm glad you're not making them but maybe you should <laughs> i mean what the, people make a hundred movies a, a month i remember um hanging out with the the editor of the first sharknado oh um, yeah and um he was just like yeah i i just really wanted to work on a shark film and i heard they were doing it and so i sent him my resume and the director was like you're too talented for this. He's like, no, I really want to do a shark movie. And he's like, our budget's like a hundred grand. Uh, you yeah. know, this was the first one. And now right. I, I don't know how many they're up to, but like, yeah, it's a lot. That company that, that produces those, there's like, you know, we have a hundred grand or I, it, probably a little bit more, but they're just yeah. like, we can pump out just movie, movies, movies. And that, that makes money. I think Sharknado probably changed that because it yeah. became a phenomenon. So, man, you remember Birdemic? Yes, bro. <laughs> I never saw it, but I remember. Oh man, yeah, Birdemic was terrible. Um, it's one of the worst movies like in existence. Like, there's like Troll Two, then Birdemic. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've seen some bad movies. <laughs> And like production bad movies yeah I've also seen some really bad student films but you know that's okay it's they're, they're learning so, yeah that's different yeah um so you're working on waves right now is that your your first like big feature you've been working on it for uh, a while right no 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 yeah so waves is done waves has been okay. done for for a few years now um it took forever to finish but and it was one of those things where as like I hit a point in my career where I was getting better and better, like really like quickly. Um, and so every time I would look back at waves, I'm like, man, this isn't good enough. I need to change it this way. So it still like looks like something I would do today. And like the more I did that, the further I got away from the finish line um, to a point where um, a friend of mine, who like just helps movies get sold um he was like when are you gonna sell this and i was like i don't know man i'm just trying to finish it and he's like look like I'm, I'm gonna find like a distribution company that'll like pick it up and he found a company which forced me to finish it um and they bought it so yeah it's been like it's been on their shelf for like two years now and i just got an email today or a few days ago that they were saying it's going to get it like a walmart release or whatever um in like two months and i think korea had one it was one of the regions that bought it um so they're still like doing the regions run to like figure out who wants it or whatever okay 
So yeah. eventually we'll be able to watch it on the internet. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll shoot you a link and you can check it out. <laughs> I'm not as proud of it as I was when I made it. And it's just because we filmed it in 2014. It's 2020 now. So. Yeah, I remember when you started working on it. Yeah. Um, I also remember, what was what was your, your senior project, Infinite? Another day, another day, another day. Yeah, another day. I watched that again the other day, actually, because <laughs> I was telling somebody about it. I was like, "Listen, listen to who the narrator is," because it was me. I mean, it wasn't me, but it was my yeah. name, which I thought was awesome because I had moved already, so I was yeah. here. So that was that really uh, made me happy. Shed a tear. Hey, yeah. It was awesome. Well, you had a you had an impression on a lot of students, man. So. I, I, that's good. I I still try to do that. So, um, with the pandemic, what kind of challenges are you facing now? Obviously, you're still getting work, but it's a little little different, right? Yeah, for me, um, <clears throat> I've been kind of good for the most part, and it's mostly because like my full time gig is freelance editing. So, and if anything, during the pandemic, more people needed editors because they couldn't shoot new content. So they kind of needed to recycle old, older content. Mm -hmm. So they were reaching out to a lot of editors. Um, I had actually, when the pandemic started, I just landed a gig with um, uh, Nat Geo. Um, okay. So yeah, so two shows on Nat Geo. One is um, Secret Life um secret life of the zoo secrets of the zoo yeah secrets of the zoo tampa and then there's another show secrets of the zoo columbus um and then i also was working on a show called dr k um and i was just an assistant editor for like all of that stuff so i was just um uh just doing like rough cuts and just pulling footage and transcoding and all of that stuff. so when it hit we had actually sent everybody away to like work remote um okay so i yeah so i just worked from a home office for like three months and then the gig finally ended and i've just been jumping from gig to gig um <clears throat> i would say the only thing that's like tough is when you do get to work on set it's very like it's just not the same right now um there's obviously not as many people uh the restrictions are really tight you have to continuously get COVID testing, like stabbed in the brain. Um, and I'm like struggling. This The tough thing is because of the CDC guidelines when it comes to film sets is everybody has to get tested within 72 hours of starting. <clears throat> so you have to, like you have to find a test that like you can land within those three days. The unfortunate part is you're not gonna get your results back until like between like three and seven days mm -hmm. so you've already started production <laughs> and if you know if you're sick you're you're getting other people sick or you're asymptomatic you're getting other people sick and you don't know it until you get the results back and then at that point they would let you go and bring somebody else in but by that time like you've infected everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um a friend of mine uh got a test today and they gave her a sheet and where it normally said like you'll get your results in three to five days they scratch it out and it's like you know seven to ten days because they're so <laughs> backed up um, yeah and that's like the public you know the free testing or mm -hmm. I, I guess it's free or taxes pay for it or cares act or heroes act one of those government funded things but then i know people who are like going to private places and getting them like 24 hours or something yeah. but they're paying like 200 bucks yeah, it's like 295 here. Yeah. And and yeah. You got the NBA down the street and they're testing 380 people plus twice a day or something. <laughs> so, I, I, it's crazy. This is just man, this whole everything. It's just it's interesting. It sucks. Like it's all cuz like I don't expect it to be over. Like I'm claiming December 2021. That's when I say we'll get something that's like a little semblance of what we remember. All right. So when, when I first started this podcast on episode three, I asked um, two people um, that I interviewed, Matt and Toby, I was like, when are your predictions? When is this going to be over? And they both were like, August 4th. 
<laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call him on August fourth or what, and be like, you are wrong, sir. Uh, yeah, I, I I think you're you're probably a little closer. I, I hate to say it, but I think we're in for the long haul. Yeah, man. And I was trying to be like optimistic, and I'm like, man, maybe you know it'll be it'll be gone by by Halloween. It'll be gone by Christmas. And then the more I just like sat with myself. And just like you're watching news and just how things are going in America. And I'm like, nah, man. December, December 2021. That's when I'm going to give it. I, I'm going to probably take it a little further and probably say March or April of 2022. Just because. Oh, that hurts. We, we, we just need it. <laughs> and I'm not saying anything against you're wrong. I'm just like, get out of the cold months because I think yeah. the cold is going to spread it a little more. Right, so. right, right. I actually have been saying March of next year is what I've been telling everybody. So okay, March of 2021 is what been my prediction. I'm like, it's going to be a full year. So yeah. Um, Cause I was that in would L- be nice. LA when it first happened, like first, yeah. I mean, it obviously happened before, but like we were, you were in the hot bed, man. <laughs> yeah. It was like March 11th. And you know, we were like, ah, oh, this is a thing we might need to pay attention to. And then we were having dinner, a bunch of us from the school, and I was like, they just canceled the NBA. Like, that's, you know how I'm a big basketball fan. I was like, that's real. And everybody's, like, looking at me. And then, like, five minutes later, I was like, Tom Hanks has COVID. He is America's sweetheart. This is a problem. (laughs) Like, that, that is when we decided, like, oh, it's real. Tom Hanks has COVID. So, You know when it when it became real for me? was when Walmarts across the country were closing at 8.30. I was like, nope, something's wrong. <laughs> That's true. I mean, it's a, good, it's a good litmus test. I mean, like, Walmart is always open. Yeah, yeah. Aside from New Year's Eve or New Year's Day and Christmas Day, Walmart doesn't close for anybody. <laughs> and you've got Waffle Houses down there. When they close the Waffle House, you know yeah. something's messed up. Man, I just remember riding down the street and like every place was closed at nine o'clock, like nine o'clock, nothing was open. And it was just weird. But like to have that for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're kind of in a crazy spot. I mean, Florida is yeah. not the safest it, area. Yeah. People are losing their minds out here, man. And I, losing their minds. my parents are there and i'm like wear your mask you know they're yeah. 70 plus i'm like you need to <laughs> stop doing anything but yeah um so luckily you've, you've been still working um you know I, and i hope you continue to do that obviously you're buying a house you got your girls you're gonna probably move into a house and work from there for a little while i hope yeah yeah, no, definitely. That's the biggest reason. I mean, not the biggest, but like, it's just one of one huge reason why I'm excited is just to be able to have my home office back again. Um, just even like working creatively, I've noticed that like, I have like three personal projects that are kind of backed up. And it's just because it's not something I can really edit on the go. It's not something I can edit in my mom's living room or like at Starbucks or something like that. That's just like, I need my space. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, one thing I will tell you, you know, fr- from personal experience, don't make your workspace and your creative space the same space during the pandemic because as soon mm. as you're done with work, you don't want to touch anything else. <laughs> I have learned that the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, now I'm thinking, like, I may want to work upstairs in the living room and then right i'm still trying to figure that out after four months (laughs) so in addition to filmmaking you used to rap are you still rapping no man i haven't rapped in a long time but i um my other love would be directing music videos um and i went down to miami um about a month ago uh i got hired to Gaff be first um gaffer first ad um during the pandemic you just do everything right yeah no it was it was wild man it was just three of us it was me 
my buddy Kelly. I think you remember yeah. Kelly, aren't you? Kelly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I love Kelly. Yeah. So it was me, him, and a buddy. Uh, his name's O, um, and he had landed this gig. So we, me and Kelly, drove down to uh, Miami, and they had uh, rented out this um, this huge house. It was like twenty thousand dollars a month, um, and we were we all just stayed in the house together, us three, and then there were three artists. Um, and we just shot music videos every day. And it was just, it took me back to like AI, just like making it for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And it just, the stuff that we came up with was just amazing. I'll, I'll shoot you some links so you can check it out. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, no, but that was, uh, that was pretty fun to be able to experience that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, that's probably one of the most important things is remember why you do it to have fun. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. you got to make a living, but if you can balance that out with, you know, doing something you love, but have some fun and, and working with people you like. Yeah, yeah absolutely, man. I mean, you don't want to work with <laughs> life. You want to, you, <laughs> you know, be able to work with, with people. And that's one thing I'm always telling students. I was like, when you send out your demo reels, when you send out your portfolio, put some of yourself in there because yeah. everybody has the same level of talent, more more or less, but you, they want to work with, with people. You want to be able uh -huh. to have a good rapport. I mean, I think, you know, you working with Justin Padilla, you've been working with him a lot. And it's because uh -huh. you, like, he likes to work with you, vice versa. Like, yeah. you're, you're good people and it's not, you know... Um, it, it's not just clicking a, a checkbox. So you want to know what's funny is I actually started. Um, and I mean, I don't know how many other people do it, but I started putting a headshot like on my resume. Um, and like the second I started doing that, I started getting more calls from like companies and stuff. Um, but it's a, it's a really good headshot. Like I smile. So. <laughs> um, I feel like I look like I have kind eyes, maybe. I don't know. Something. You, you have an inviting face, <laughs> inviting face. You smile. I think that's, that's yeah. good. So, cause you should probably like wear the cutoff t-shirt, the gold chain, <laughs> and then just have that tough, tough look. Send some of those out. I bet you don't get hired. <laughs> bet you don't. But don't do that because you need the money. Um, That's funny. I just started wearing. See, you caught me on like a really off day. I just started wearing this again. Too. I remember you wearing that like <laughs> eight years ago, or a I know. Ago, I like so. I wore it religiously, and then like I just found it in my storage unit the other day, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put this back on. Got to rock the chain. <laughs> you need to get a few, like Mr. T style. <laughs> I don't know. That may oh. mess up your back and neck. Don't. Do I was, that. Yeah, I, I don't think I could pull it off, man. No. You don't have any earrings, do you? I don't. I have one ear pierced, but I don't wear earrings anymore. Get a feather. I think I'll... Get a feather. <laughs> Go full Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you some questions about what inspires you. Um. These these are like quick fire questions. Oh, before okay. I get into that. Talking about the headshot, I mentioned this on last week's podcast or what will be last week's podcast, but I just read an article about a guy who was putting his, like a headshot on his resume. Yeah. He accidentally put, like he just used a filler picture of Nick Cage and then accidentally <laughs> sent that out to people. So there's, there's always that. You can always just put Nick Cage on it. So. Oh man, that's hilarious. I'd probably get even more jobs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> actually people might just be like, oh, Nick Cage, he's applying again. So yeah. <laughs> All right. These are going to be quick fire questions um, All right. about inspiration. Who are some of your favorite directors? Um, Wes Craven, uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, Ryan Coogler, uh, Lena Waithe. Um, man, that's those are like my top. Nice. I I like those. Um, all right. What, excluding horror, excluding horror, what are some of your favorite films of all time? Favorite films of all time. Um, if you don't say I the think... Iron Giant, I'm going to be upset. <clears throat> No, no, no. That's literally what's about to come out of my mouth. Okay. I was about to, I was just about to say, I All think right. the Iron Giant is like the, like, to me, it is the, like the blueprint for the perfect movie. Um, 
actually just made my girlfriend and my girls uh, watch it like two weeks ago. Um, and it's just, it's a movie that emotionally affects me every single time. Um, a Christmas Story is like a big classic of mine. It's like, I watch it religiously every, every Christmas. We watch it all day long because um, TBS plays it. Yep. They've been doing it for like 20 years. <laughs> my in-laws, um, that's all we have to watch. And so I, I have quarantined the Christmas story to the like kitchen TV so I can yeah. watch basketball <laughs> in, the, in the other room. I'm like, it's basketball day. So um, oh, um, there's this movie called Blind Spotting, an amazing movie, man. It's really good. Um, it's a, uh, it's like a, it's a comedy, but a, like it's a dramedy, I guess you would call it. Okay. Um, and it just follows these two guys, uh, this black guy and this white guy who's like his best friend. Um, they both grew up in the same part of L.A., like just like the hood part of L.A. Um, and you just get to follow them for the black guy, it's the lead character. It's his like last day on probation um, before like he's released and, you know, like he's like all good. So he just can't screw up on this day. It's like one of those stories. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's got a really deep message to it. It's a really strong film. Um, and it's like, just, it's put together like poetically because on the last day he witnesses a guy gets, uh, a black guy gets, uh, gunned down by the police. Um, and he's just kind of like dealing with like PTSD for like his final day. And it's bro, like you have to check it out. I guarantee you'll love it. Like guarantee. Blind spotting. Yeah. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm sure I will like it. I mean, you kind of <laughs> sold me. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, and just like the soundtrack to it, the music, the musical just choices and everything. Um, the lead character is actually, he's in, um, what's what's the big play? Um, Hamilton? The big musical. Hamilton. Okay. He's, he's one of the leads in Hamilton. Okay. I have to check it out. Did, did you watch Hamilton on Disney Plus? Not yet. I want to watch it with my girls, but I want to wait till I get like my surround sound and stuff set up. It's three and a half hours. Let me just warn you on that. <laughs> I paused it in the middle. I, yeah. For, for me, I'm like, I like, you know, I'd rather see it in person. I think that's right, where, right, right. where I have the problem. Gotcha. Um, but I also went and saw cats at the, on Broadway and walked out in the middle, but it is the <laughs> worst thing ever. Do not buy into cats. Your girls might like it because they're age appropriate, but don't go yeah. as an adult male to go see cats. Understood. So, um, what TV shows are you watching right now? Um, I'm watching Superstore. Um, I'm getting my girl into uh, Heroes. We're kind of like redoing that right now. Um, uh, what's the one show on Netflix? Uh, it's in Missouri. Ozarks. Ozark. Oh. Um, yeah uh J jason just, bateman right yeah yeah i freaking love that show man um man what else is there right now i feel like i caught up on oh the shy um okay. i don't know if you ever watched that but I, the shy i've seen is, the advertisements but i've never watched it man it's a heavy show um heavy show really strong performances uh i think that's it as of like right this second, um, I mean, I'm watching King of the Hill on like just over and over. Uh, You've been doing that like your whole life, right? Uh, yeah, man, it feels like <laughs> I can quote that show backwards and forwards, man. Um, Did I see that you're getting a King of the Hill tattoo? Oh, <laughs> so I went into it. <laughs> thinking this is like nobody's gonna do this <laughs> and within 10 minutes and i had like 200 comments i'm like crap so what is it like wow. if, if you get like a thousand comments a thousand yeah, comments yeah. you have to get a tattoo yeah yeah they hit it last night <laughs> well i saw it and it already hit that i was not even gonna bring it up i was just like well, yeah i'm the good no guy. so, I, didn't say so that. <laughs> I found a company that uh that does like temp tats okay um so but they last like two months you're gonna cheat is what you're saying yeah but it's only because i promised my daughters that uh um i'll get my first tattoo when they get their first tattoo okay, okay. and i told them no matter what it is i'll get exactly what they get <laughs> oh nice 
Yeah. Well, you better hope that they don't make the rule like you can get a tattoo at 12 because they're going to get some <laughs> Lisa Frank stuff and then you're going to be stuck with a giant unicorn. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, tramp stamp too. That's, I'd, I'd get it there. I mean... Just because just it, it would be a story to tell. It'd be a funny thing every time I go to the beach or something. Yeah, oh, I have a, <laughs> a girl's name tattooed on my chest, but it's backwards. So the it, the mirror. The well, the the funny story is that it was for a scavenger hunt. Like get a stupid tattoo was on a scavenger hunt and I oh. pulled like a receipt out and it said your waitress's name was Katie. Yeah. And so I was like, get Katie tattooed right here. <laughs> and then went to the tattoo shop and the guy wrote it out and then you know he makes the little stencil, but he yeah. forgot to reverse it and then he put it on. He's like, Oh, it's backwards. I was like, nah, man, we're good. <laughs> and so he did it and then like shelly my wife and my mom i was like yeah i think i'm gonna get it covered up and they're like no you're an idiot keep it like that's and then i've had it for 15 years or so so oh man so you go to the beach and you have your shirt off and you'll see people trying to look at it because it's it's yeah. hard to read because it's backwards so yeah, yeah get get something real weird because then you get lots of looks <laughs> i promise it's awesome Oh, that's funny. That is a good story. I, you know, it's true too. So, yeah. um, all right. So is there anything upcoming, um, like that's coming out movies, TV shows that you're looking forward to, man, when they pulled all of the films, it hurt so bad. It's, uh, like it's cause the theater is like second church to me, man. Yep. Um, especially after I signed up for, uh, for the AMC pass. I'll see it. You got the AMC pass. I used to have movie pass years ago. No, no, no. I had that too. And then when we have Alamo draft house. Oh yeah. 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 No, we have that here too. Oh, do you? Yeah. That's I have that Alamo draft house pass and that that's like you plus one for any movie anytime. So it's, Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Cause I was like looking, really looking forward to seeing uh, a quiet place too. Um, that was like a big one for me. So when they pulled that, it was rough. And then um, Tenet? Tenet got pushed. Like, I was so ready for Tenet, man. Well, they, um, they were like, man. no, it's coming out in the theater. You're going to wear yep. a mask. You're going to see yep. it. And, then, and people were like, ah. And I was kind of like, do I find a Chinese bootleg? Like, what do I do <laughs> with this situation? And then they they bumped it a couple weeks. And then they're like, uh we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I was like, Oh crap, this is not going anywhere. Like yeah. Chris Nolan was just like, no, it's coming out in the theater. You're going to watch it yeah. in the biggest IMAX screen you've ever seen in your entire life. And you're going to be happy. And then when they pulled it, I was like, Oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> um, Man. Yeah. That, um, I'm ready for like walking dead to finish up. Uh, it's still on. Yeah, it's still on, man. It's riding hard, too. Like, such a good show. Um, so, yeah, I'm waiting for Walking Dead. Man, what else is there? Uh, I'm very excited for this uh, Justice League Snyder cut that's going to come out, I think, probably next year at this point. But it, it's going to be all his footage, everything he shot. It's going to be, like, 97 hours long i think <laughs> i think they're gonna make it a series like yeah it's gonna be like six episodes i mean i think it's gonna be six hours long or something so really yeah i mean the movie was a disaster if you went and saw it <laughs> or saw it at home but i'm hoping this clears it up a little bit i'm not a huge Zack snyder fan except dawn of the dead yeah it was perfection his version was perfection as yeah. far as filmmaking and then it kind of went downhill with Watchmen and some of the other stuff he did. But yeah, no, I mean, that's the reason I bought HBO Max. Yeah. Um, apparently. It's what's your, movie. what's your favorite, uh, like, what's your favorite remake? Favorite remake? Uh, Cape Fear. Man, I don't think I saw it. What? Robert De Niro? Yeah, yeah I didn't see it. Robert De Niro <laughs> got, so oh, you need to watch Cape Fear. Yeah. <laughs> you would love it don't let your yeah. girl don't let your girls watch it oh yeah gotcha cape fear i would say that's probably my favorite remake of all time okay i'll check it out yeah the original's yeah. good too but mine was uh evil dead okay 
Yeah. I I can get into that. The movie was an experience, man. Like it was like I don't remember the last time like I felt that way in a theater, like as an adult. So yeah, it was just an interesting experience. Um you know, I really liked Watchmen, like watching the Watchmen. Bro, the the show? The show. The the show it was one of the like I wish I could like talk about it, but I don't want to ruin a bunch of stuff for people listening. Um, but like I just thought that show was flawless for me. It was it was just it was one of the the best like experiences I've had at home, like benching something in a long time. And Trent Reznor is like my favorite musician, so he, you know him yeah. doing all the all the sound, which to me is like the weirdest thing because he has completely transcended you know, eight, nine inch nails and he's still doing that. Yeah. But just like put him in front. I mean, the social network, I think once he did the social <laughs> network, you're like, okay, this guy knows what's up, but right. you know, put him in front of a, a movie and he will tell the story Yeah. without, and you know, you kind of look at other composers and like Danny Elfman, like he's pretty famous, but he was an Oingo Boingo and that's not the same <laughs> as nine inch nails in any way, shape or form. So, but yeah, Watchmen. I I want to rewatch that um, just for Don Johnson. So yeah, it was just man. There's just so much about that show, and like I didn't think that they were gonna take the approach. I mean, just like a lot of it has to do with I don't know a lot about like the Watchmen, the comic book. Mm -hmm. So all my only reference is the movie, and I was just interested in the. Um, the direction that they went with it because it wasn't for me it wasn't anything close to like what the movie was uh, yeah no it's it's totally different i mean it's the same yeah. world but it's it's totally yeah. different so all right dom well i appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me today i hope your girls yeah, haven't burned fun. the house down so. <laughs> now they're down there with my mom they're good all right do, do, yeah. are you active on social media can people find you on the internet I am. Uh, and this is going to be messy, but we're going to do it anyway. So on Instagram, you can find me at who's your film daddy. Um, <laughs> because I'm a father. It's not like a, yeah, no, I, yeah. I get it. <laughs> um, you so need to who's explain your film to daddy? the audience. But no, I get <laughs> and then um, on Facebook, you can find me at Dom, the director and on Twitter, you can also find me at Who's Your Film Daddy. Nice. Yeah. Well, Dom, thanks so much. I always have a good time talking to you. It's been too long, so we yeah. should stay in touch a little bit more. So, But I appreciate you being on the, the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It was fun. Definitely. All right. I will see you soon. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this episode. Remember, you can find links and images from today's guest on our website, remcad.edu forward slash remotely creative. And don't forget to submit your questions for us by emailing remotelycreative at remcad.edu. That's R-M-C-A-D dot E-D-U. Make sure to subscribe to Remotely Creative wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Special thanks to our team here, Gretchen Marie Schaefer, Chris Daly, Mel Kern, Josh Smith, and Madeline Austin for making today's episode possible. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.